From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. It is a new podcast, July 25, 2023. Welcome to our FM listeners locally and also online live at q90fm.com slash app. I'm Crash Connell. Today, we're blessed to have back live with us one of our longtime favorite guests. And I'm Mary Danielson. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest is Curtis Bowers, and he's always on the cutting edge of cultural events. So I am looking forward to uh, what he's going to want to chat with us about. Uh, my Bible passage for today is Psalm 19, 1-6, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Join with me in prayer today. Lord, your glory indeed fills the heavens and, in fact, is all around us, day after day. Thank you for your creation and its testimony of you and your word and its testimony of Jesus and your power, which provides all that we need for life and godliness. Lord, this world is corrupt and passing away. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep our eyes on our heavenly inheritance that will never, ever fade away. Help us to walk according to truth today and every day. We lift up our guest, Curtis, and his family and ask for your protection, for wisdom, for grace, and that all needs would be met according to your abundance. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, Curtis Bowers is my guest. He is the producer of the award-winning documentaries Agenda, Grinding America Down, and Agenda 2, Master of Deceit. And if you haven't seen those, they are a must-viewing. They can be found at agendadocumentary.com. You can order them. Also, Curtis has a highly informative newsletter that you can subscribe to, Agenda Weekly, and that's found at agendaweekly.com. He also has a podcast. And Curtis will be in Appleton uh, September 8th through 10th for the Great Lakes Prophecy Conference at Calvary Chapel. Curtis, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you so much for having me. I remember when I first watched Agenda Part 1, I saw um, that Karl Marx flowchart of all the players involved in selling our nation out to communism and all the dots you connect. And I remember thinking, wow, can this be so? I mean, this isn't the country I grew up in. Um, and I had understood already there were those with such plans that goes back decades. But to see it for myself like that, I and mean, what a great graphic, what a, what a real wake-up call, and here we are, and it's all more true than it was then. What year did Agenda 1 come out? In 2010. Okay, 2010. Wow, that's a long time ago already, isn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it has gone fast. And then Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, uh, when did that come out? That was 2016. Okay, all right. You got? Do you have any more in the works? <laughs> Oh, we'd like to, but we're yeah. so busy with Agenda Weekly and stuff, it's oh, been sure. hard to get the time. <laughs> right. And Agenda Weekly is great because it has uh, headlines, 
um, things that people can just read, um, you know, even on the run and just be able to see what's going on here. And the podcast, too, is fantastic. That's an hour long. I want to open with a little bit uh, in the news today is uh, these days, especially since July 4th, is the film Sound of Freedom. Now, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, I hear it's excellent and that, that there's definitely value in seeing it. Um, they're making a lot of money, $124 uh, million against a $14 million budget, if is my understanding. Uh, now, on a recent Agenda Weekly, you gave us an audio clip that talks about just a little bit of a controversy uh, around that, just to let people know, and that has to do with the funding of it. Angel Studios produced it, but it was actually funded uh, in part by Carlos Slim. Now, he's one of the richest men on earth, and he is tied to uh, Mexican cartels and has given a lot of uh, money to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. At one point, he was actually richer than Bill Gates, but I did watch a clip with Tim Ballard, uh, the creator of the film, and Jim Caviezel saying that it was funded by him. Now, he's a power elite. He owns 200 companies, including the largest mobile phone company in Latin America and also 17% of the New York Times, which is pretty strange. Um, so what what should we make of all that? Like I said, this is not to tell people don't see the movie or anything like that. Uh, and the left, is, the left has attacked it. So what should we make of that, Curtis? What What's your take on that? Yes. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, I agree. The, the movie is great. If you haven't seen it, people, you need to see it. You need to share it with others because what it's bringing up, the topic of child trafficking and everything, is so vital that people really understand how significant it is and how frequent it is and how many millions of kids are trapped in this. So that is so this that is what it is and it's and it's great. I'm so glad they made it. The the inconsistencies or the things you see that don't make sense and I don't know, like the Carlos Slim family that's involved in a lot of bad things, the fact they would fund it draws a red flag. I'll go, why would they do that? Mm-hmm. On one hand, maybe it's just to try to look good, like, oh, we're doing some good things. Some liberal-type groups do that every now and then. They'll do something that looks decent just to kind of keep their <laughs> image, like, no, yeah. we've done some good things, too, or whatever. It could be that. But Angel Studios, and I don't know that much about them, and I think they made this for the right reason mm-hmm. and to accomplish the right thing. But but on their website, some of the groups they're encouraging you to go to to get more information on what's going on are not good groups. But it could be total just ignorance of it mm-hmm. because the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, that sounds like a wonderful group. But if you dig into that group, and the Clinton family started the international version of it and everything, and Richard Branson, who was at, on Epstein's Island all the time, is on the board of that and stuff, you realize, okay, that is a corrupt mm. organization mm. Um, trying to act like it's helping missing children, but it's probably wanting to find out where they are or whatever. I don't know. But when you see those things, it just makes you go, okay, be careful. I don't think there's any nefarious thing behind mm-hmm. the people that made this. I think they were trying to do the right thing. They just might not have studied some of these top groups, the people that put out the Amber Alert, which you go, that's a great thing. The people in charge of the PR firm to, to advertise that, that was you know John and Tony Podesta, who have pedophile art all over their home openly. You can look at it on the internet. I mean, so, again, I think it's those wicked people. They want to be close to this uh, missing children thing and be there in the mix. So you have to be very careful 
who's being funded, how they're being funded, Mm -hmm. because you might be funding the wrong side unknowingly, of course, because you're not, haven't studied the issues. But wicked people love to get themselves in positions of power and position. And anyway, there's a lot of things like that with the Clinton family. I mean, Bill Clinton himself, I think it's 27 times we have a record of he went to Epstein's Island. So, um, so, so there's just any time the Clintons and the Podestas and things are tied into something, you got to go, whoa, something is wrong here, because they've clearly been linked to mm-hmm. the criminal side of sex trafficking many times. Mm-hmm. So that that was the red flag. But it's not about the movie. Mm-hmm. Or the people, the, the the guys in and stuff. I think they really were wanting to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't want to miss the point of the whole thing because um, the stats that I understand: ten million children a year are trafficked, and then there's human trafficking in general. So that's just that's the number yeah. I have. Is that about right? Yeah, it is, and it's it's. Un- I mean, that's where so many of these missing children. Are like, where did they go? Where did they mm-hmm. go? I mean, every year in America, hundreds of thousands of children disappear and they're never found. And so, but here's something to think about that's really disturbing. To have an industry that makes so much money, it's one of the most profitable industries in the world. It's passing up the drug, illegal drug industry right now. Um, That means there has to be that many people that want to abuse children. That's why it's just shocking to me. The fact you could have an industry where there's a need for millions of these children. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is, I mean, that is the debauchery. That is the the darkness that we've entered in. And I think we see it all around us, but we, people as Christians need to be going, I need to be praying about that. I need to be living in such a way that um, I'm trying to be a light in this darkness because the dark is just getting so dark, it's hard to even comprehend. Yeah, it really, really is. And I, I think of the parents, you know, what kind of, few people actually talk about what they must go through Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I, I just, can't even imagine. No, I can't either to not ever know where that child is. That must be the most heartbreaking thing in the world. And then to not know if you'll ever see them again and what kind of human being will they be. I, I just think that that's a special kind of anguish that I cannot understand, nor would I ever want to. But we don't talk about the parents too much. Um, no. But we need to. And then parents listening that have children, if God's blessed you with children, you need to be so careful with them. You don't have to be fearful. God is God, but you have to be wise as a parent because even in that movie exposes how, you know, people were acting like they're a talent agency and get the kids to come in and then they kidnap them all and they don't know where they are and stuff. So you're like, oh my goodness. There's so many clever schemes people have come up with to abduct children because they're worth so much money that you have to realize you can't just let your kids go wherever or go over to whoever's house mm-hmm. even when you don't know them or whatever. You really have to, to uh, protect that precious thing that God has given you. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when my daughter was young was the beginning of the milk carton children. Yes. And I remember that scared me because, again, that's not the world that I grew up in. We never really thought about that at all. We were always out of the house and we came back when it was dark. And yet something changed radically, and I think this was in the 80s. And so I kept a much closer eye on her starting then, and she was, she was, you know, just elementary school at the time. And, oh, it's just, um, uh, there's a statistic here, and I think this, yeah, this is from Agenda Weekly, um, and you talk about porn and child trafficking. And we've talked to guests before about pornography industry 
being the thing that the United States has exported all over the world, and it is, you know, it has also exported then the growth of this and the the transgender, and all of that is connected. And it says here on your uh, Agenda Weekly, it says seventy seven percent of eighteen to twenty four year old men visit porn websites at least once a month, uh, according to a survey. A thirty five percent of thirty five percent of all internet downloads are related to pornography, and the U S. Mm-hmm. The UK and Brazil rank as the three highest consumers of porn. And then it says, uh, the Family Research Council, who we are familiar with here, says that porn creates demand for sex trafficking, including child sex trafficking. So it started there, correct? It starts with the porn industry. Yeah, and even remember Ted Bundy from, I think it was the 80s, oh, yeah. the, the serial killer. He one time did an interview with Dr. Dobson before they executed mm-hmm. him. And, he, and Dr. Dobson was like, well, what, how did you do, become a monster like this? Hmm. And he said, it all started with porn. I just kept going deeper and deeper into porn and more hardcore oh. porn. And, you know, then he's killing people and stuff. But it's, it's, it's wickedness. And when you submit to it and you go into it, Satan takes control. And you, you, you are no longer able to say no. You, you mm-hmm. are addicted, like so many different mm-hmm. things, the drugs and, and the different things that people get into. And then all of a sudden they want to quit and they, they're having trouble because it's taking control of them. But pornography is just like that. But it's, it's in crisis in that the fact those stats you just read, think about that. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It means in the future, if those people aren't set free from that, we're going to have more people that are obsessed with this where they just get where i mean the ultimate level of that is is to destroy innocence and that's where Mm -hmm. the whole child trafficking comes from it's it's a it's a weird thing but evil it makes sense knowing that there's a satan Mm -hmm. um that the greatest you know conquering thing you can do is to destroy innocence and so it's just so vile to even talk about but we do need to be aware of it and and encourage good bills and things that our legislators, legislatures to crack down on it and things like that, and then make others aware so they can protect their children. But it's, it is definitely a dark uh, thing that is, it's hard to even comprehend. It really is. Uh, you're listening to Stand Up for the Truth. Our guest today is Curtis Bowers. Uh, one more thing on that subject, and that this also was your Agenda Weekly. Instagram algorithms promote pedophilia. And so, you know, another area of just not just watching your kids physically, but what are they doing online? Because it says an investigation from the Wall Street Journal and Stanford reveals that Instagram, quote, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content and details how Instagram's recommendation system quote, connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers. This blows my mind. You know, people just go on Instagram and they look at people's pictures and posts, et cetera, et cetera. But now social media, the dark aspect of it, I, I really hope parents understand the importance of of um, making sure your kids are not oh, in social media. But is it too late for that, Curtis? I mean, is, is, the, is the horse gone and the barn door closed afterwards? No, I, I think we still need to fight for that. Mm-hmm. They have real relationships with real people, yeah. eye-to-eye conversations, talking about meaningful things, and building good friendships with a few people that they know personally and they and that are good people that will be a good influence on each other. No, the, the, the whole world, the whole social media world is just creating this fictitious reality where you just have shallow, meaningless relationships, but you feel like, oh, I've got 900 friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have no friends, and that's a dangerous place to be. But like you said, 
so many of those platforms. I've seen it before. I was on a Snapchat thing. Once someone, it wasn't my account. Someone else was showing me something and stuff was popping up while they're just showing me something on that that was so bad. I go, they are trying to suck you into pornography. It was women mm-hmm. with hardly anything on just popping up on the screen. We weren't, he wasn't, he was showing me some article thing someone had put on there. And I was like, oh my goodness. So for kids, curious teenagers, it'd be hard not to push that to see, oh, what's that? Or, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's so evil. and mm-hmm. it, it, But the heart of it is to pull them in because they know over their lifetime they can make so much money on them if they can get them to those porn sites and different things. So it's just it's using the children <laughs> to make a profit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then one more quote here. It says, Rep- Representative Dan Bishop, Republican from North Carolina, said, where's the FBI? Shouldn't heinous crimes like this be its top priority, or are they too busy classifying concerned parents as domestic extremists to bring down the hammer on these despicable criminals? Yeah, look over here, look over here, right? Yeah, no, that's unfortunately the whole Department of Justice has been so corrupted over, I've watched some good documentaries on that, but they they have a hand even in some of this bad stuff Mm -hmm. of promoting, not only not stopping it, but being involved with it, the CIA and and some of the different groups. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a sad state of affairs on that. But we as individuals can stand up against it and not partake in it and then protect our innocence of our children and having to say, like good parents do often, uh, no, sweetie, you're not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love you too much to let you do that. And, uh, you know, and, and they will thank you one day, I promise you. Yeah, and I'm so glad to see parents standing up at school board meetings and saying, you know, we're not going to take this any farther. And I, I personally, I'm, I'm a homeschool advocate. I, I think that it's best to just be out of that system completely. And yet parents are taking a stand and made, being made fun of. Um, hopefully that will continue, right? Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I'm glad that they've awakened to the schools are filled with just garbage and being none of the reading, writing, arithmetic mm-hmm. hardly anymore. Now it's all indoctrination mm-hmm. and then just filth at the youngest age possible, which shows that's that whole that's that whole spirit of that, what we've just been talking, that pedophilia and everything. Anyone that wants to defile a four- or five-year-old and teach them about sexual things when they don't even know what that is, um, that's, that's people that are in that uh, thing. I mean, that you're, you're behind that kind of thing then, uh, and, and that's why they're trying to get that push forward. I mean, that's what the plus is in the little LBGT, whatever. That's mm-hmm. the plus is pedophilia. Um, and so they just haven't had the guts to put the P on there yet, right. but they will soon because they're making that acceptable by acting like it's, you know, minor mm-hmm. attracted persons and they're renaming it to make it not sound so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You're listening to Stand Up For The Truth, talking to Curtis Bowers. We have several subjects that we could go for today. And I wanted to talk just briefly about, um, I saw a chart this week about COVID jabs, how it's fallen off the radar. And, you know, 2020, they're getting how many millions people are getting jabbed per day. We're seeing the fallout of that. We're seeing people are dying. Um, Mr. Netanyahu got a pacemaker the other day, and I know he was a huge advocate and was the first to sign Pfizer uh, in Israel to give um, Israelis their uh, vaccinations. But it's fallen off the radar. People are not really getting them anymore. And there was one thing that you mentioned on your Agenda Weekly about mRNA in uh, blood and food supplies. Is that something that, that we should be concerned about? Is that something we can know? Um, is, is it even a possibility that we could be looking at that? 
Well, a good person uh, to, to search on the Internet and watch some of his videos is Dr. Peter McCullough. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best. He has so many great videos, one of the top doctors in the world on this subject. But, yes, uh, a lot of things have come out. Uh, one is that one-third of the shots given in America were just saline solution. So it was nothing. It was just like water. You, you, they weren't given anything, and they've done studies on all those groups from those batch numbers, and they had no adverse reactions, of course. And then there was um, two-thirds of the shots had just a little bit of the mRNA in there, and they had a pretty uh, consistent adverse reactions, but not the ones necessarily killing them. And then 4.5% of the batches were just toxic mixtures where almost every single person that got a shot had a major adverse reaction or died. And so, but the problem is any of those people in in those groups that have that in their blood and then they give blood, then when you have to have a transfusion, it's in the blood. Happened to a friend of mine that I talked about this last week. Uh, He's a missionary to Romania, but he had to have a transfusion last November and he's had two heart attacks since then. He's in critical condition in the hospital right now. He'd never had a heart problem in his life. He's never had anything since he's young. He's in his 50s and healthy. And he had asked for unvaccinated blood, and they just laughed at him like, how stupid there's not vaccinated, unvaccinated blood. And they gave him the blood. And he, again, two heart attacks in the last seven months. Um, and he might not even make it now. But so, so yes, you should be concerned. You need to get to know people that have your same blood type, family members, people at church, and where each of you could, oh, I could you know, donate blood if you ever need it for some reason, you're in a car wreck or something, where you have a source of, of where you can get blood um, that's not tainted with that, because the reality is, they say that's crazy talk and all that, but it's not. As they're studying, doing all the tests, the doctors that do care, they're saying, no, that this is a real thing. And it, it really is da- dangerous because you get that those spike proteins into your blood system. And just different people, it reacts differently, but it causes blood clots and lots of different things in different people. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that is a concern. And you can't really quantify this either, because how will anyone know? Even during COVID, they were saying, no, they didn't die from COVID. They died from something else. Well, now we're at a, a, a completely different perilous junction juncture, and we're thinking, how how can that ever be uh, quantified? You simply can't. Now you simply cannot say what this person died from, right? And if you Google this subject, you'll just get, you know, crickets, of course. That's all been uh, scrubbed off. Um, but that's just something to be concerned about. And also they've been giving mRNA to cattle. So what do you think about the food supply? Is that something, too, that we should do our homework on? Yeah, and I mean, I, I encourage people anyway with the world the way it is right now, so many uncertainties and so many possible disasters on the horizon to get where you starting to know more people in your community mm. or just right where you are in your church or your building good quality relationships with like-minded people, but you're looking also for the things that are necessary for life. Um, and, and it's a, the best way to do things anyway. If you can find local farms in your area that are growing good food and clean food, healthy food, and, and you get to know them where you can buy directly from them, which is a blessing to them, but it's also a blessing to you because then you know how they're treating the animals, how they're growing the food or whatever. And if you're 
into natural stuff, then you can get that type of food right there where it's more organic type of thing. Or if you're just wanting good food where you know where it came from, there would be farms like that too. But I, I just think that's wise. We saw with covid and just the ports when they started backing up and different. There's so many things that could happen where all of a sudden the food supply, which only I think it's three days worth of food out at a Ooh. time. If that got interrupted, there's only three days worth three days worth of food out there. Then you could be in a serious situation if we had another pandemic or an earthquake or a war or what. I mean, there's so many things. There's so many tensions in the world right now Mm -hmm. that we clearly see. I mean, China wants to take us over. They've stated that over and over again. Russia is getting fed up with what the Biden administration is doing, blowing up their pipelines and different things. So, you know, at some point, something could happen very dramatic, possibly. And as a Christian, I think it's just good to be prepared so that you're not caught off guard, so you can be a blessing to others in the midst of the crisis because you have extra set aside and you have your own places. But yeah, for the food, with what they're starting to do, they're going to start putting the mRNA even into the vegetables and into uh, things like that. So as they're genetically modifying them, I'm like, I don't think we should mess with the food God made. Mm. And so I, I'm, I'm into... Try to grow your own if you can. If not, get to know people that do, and they do it in a healthy way because food is the fuel for us, and it's good to have good, clean fuel uh, to run the systems and everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I know living in the, the Great White North up here, we, we are concerned about that because our growing season is not that long. And so summertime, you know, we can put up vegetables and we can we can go to farm markets and that sort of thing. But when you're talking about a three-day supply in this country – um, I think people, that's very sobering in and of itself because we saw during COVID when people were making a run on certain products because they were afraid they weren't going to get them and there were empty shelves. I don't know if that was COVID or was that something else, Curtis? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it was definitely even here. I'm in a little small town America. Um, yeah, there was empty shelves of which we've never, ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, no toilet paper. People, people realize how valuable <laughs> toilet paper is. Like, oh, that's priceless. Yes. Um, but no, it was, yeah, I, I think people don't realize how fragile the system is. Um, any disruption can set things back. I mean, right now, the car dealers, I was talking to the guy at the Ford dealer in town, they don't have any more cars coming in this year. Wow. None. Wow. They already, he goes, no, we've already reached our allotment because of the microchips that are made mm-hmm. in Taiwan. They've been, mm-hmm set back in their production from COVID and some of the different things that have happened. So a big company like Ford Motor Company can't produce any more cars because they're so dependent on those microchips to be in them. Anyway, but the whole system is like that. One little thing set off balance also that ripples through. Just the war in Ukraine going on right now. We know next year because of that going on that they grow one-third of the bread of the entire world um, th- that's not going to be happening as much because of the war. So you're going to have food shortages, and you're going for sure. And they might not be as bad in America as they're going to be in Africa, that is totally dependent on the Ukraine. But it's we we just see all these type of things where they're cutting fertilizer even in America. Twenty five percent the farmers can't use nitrogen fertilizer, so that means they're going to have twenty five percent less food in America. Wow. I mean, all these things are as you see the environmental movement. 
get, sticking its talons into so many different industries, mm-hmm. cutting the energy mm-hmm. supply. So that goes up. Everything else, um, again, we're just on the verge of many different possible scenarios. Yeah. And I think it's wise to be prepared yeah. if possible. It's a domino game. The, the automobile industry, it's fascinating to me because even up here after two years, there still aren't any cars. And if you want to have a new car, you have to order one and wait up to a year to get one. I know. Even if you need one now. And then we go to Georgia uh, in the winter oftentimes, and there are this is where the, the car carriers come in. And they unload these cars in huge acre after acre lot down there, and they just sit there. There are plenty of new cars, but like you said, there aren't the chips, which is probably by design, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have the chips to put in them to bring them up here. So it's just a mess. And like you said, anything can tip it the wrong direction. Ukraine, depending on that's going to go. Wow. And and so we're kind of, we're going to talk about uh, technology and AI in the next segment. I want to tease that because there are a lot of technology traps. There is, there's a potential, great potential for tyranny, uh, losing all of our freedoms. And subsequent to that, Curtis, I want to talk to you in the second half about social unrest and the potential for that. Uh, there's so much we can talk about, and we want to talk about America and where America's at and what we can possibly do with whatever time the Lord has given us. So that's coming up next. This is Stand Up for the Truth. Um, if you're up early in the morning, Q90FM.com, the parent radio ministry airs two-minute warnings at 5.50 a.m. You can listen on our archives page on demand at twominutewarnings.org. Um, that's twominutewarnings.org. This is Mary Danielson. We're talking to Curtis Bowers. And we will be back after these messages with more Stand Up for the Truth. And you can also see who's on the docket for upcoming shows at the upcoming link at StandUpForTheTruth.com. John Leffler coming up, also J.B. Hickson, and also got a new guest next week. Get Out of the Matrix from Sean Tario at Mark37.com. It's all at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. We are speaking with Curtis Bowers today, uh, producer of Agenda Documentaries 1 and 2. Those are must-see films if you have not. AgendaDocumentary.com. Also, his uh, newsletter that you can subscribe to, Agenda Weekly, is found at AgendaWeekly.com. And you have a podcast, Curtis. Is that a weekly podcast? Yes, it is. Okay, so once a week podcast. And Curtis will be in Appleton, Wisconsin, September 8th through 10th for the Great Lakes Prophecy Conference at Calvary Chapel. We're looking forward to that. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, wow, Curtis, we want to talk about technology. And there is so much going on. I mean, this technology infrastructure has been building for over a 100 years, uh, starting uh, the late 1800s, punch card technology. And this infrastructure is so far gone and it is slowly becoming, well, quickly actually becoming that which the Bible does talk about, uh, where no man can buy or sell and that we will be tracked. Everything we do, say, think, et cetera, et cetera. And so, Curtis, I want to ask you, what are, what are some of these technologies, um, digital ID, et cetera? And what, how, how are some of the ways people can discern whether they're good, bad, or ugly, um, love it, hate it, uh, can't live with it, can't live without it? So what are we looking at, Curtis? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a key question because just because something is new and neat and novel or whatever, 
doesn't mean it's something you need to get involved with. Just, I mean, there's a million things we could waste our whole life just, you know, playing with different ideas and different mm-hmm. things that are coming out. But I, I heard one of the executives that is now kind of turned on technology, but he was one of the ones that helped start Instagram and Facebook. He said the key area to discern is this, the difference between a tool and a non-tool. And, and he gave the example that was so powerful. He's like, in days gone by, advancements in technology, whether it was a bicycle or, or a shovel or whatever, those tools, they would just sit there like a shovel. If you have it leaning up against the wall in your garage, it just sits there until you need it. Mm-hmm. And then if you need to dig a hole, you go get it, and it helps you do that a lot easier than if you didn't have that tool. And he said, that's what a tool is. It helps you be more efficient, and it waits for you to need it. He said, almost all the new technologies, they are non-tools. They are crying out for your time in and of themselves. They are there beeping at you, making you flip it over to see if you got a text or a like or a, a friend. And he goes, so they are after your time because they make money every second they get you to look at the phone or the computer or whatever with commercials and ads and things. So... I thought that was just excellent the way Mm -hmm. he described that. He goes, and he said he's not involved in any of it. He's one of the inventors (laughs) with some of those top people. And I thought, wow, that is really powerful. But I think as Christians, especially when we know we're going to give an account to God of our time here on earth, he's going to say, what did you do with it? How did you steward it? I don't think we have time for these things that just suck our time whether we like them or not, but are really not helping us be more productive or help us accomplish all the things God's put us on earth to do or to build relationships with real people that we can look in their eyes and then share the gospel with them if they're not saved and all that. So that that's a key thing. I encourage people to really sit down and go, where's all my time going in life? Mm-hmm. Most people, oh, I don't have time for anything hardly. But if they look and see where it's all going, I think you'll find a lot of areas where you realize that is not, I might like it, whatever, but that doesn't mean it's good. And it doesn't mean it's the best use of my time. Like YouTube videos or whatever, you just sit there and watch and watch and watch. Um, you know, like, uh, King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, you know, there's no end to the learning. So just to sit Mm -hmm. there to do that um, is not the wise thing to do unless it's it's purposeful. And um, but then how can it be used against us? What's happening as they get us more and more addicted to technology? It is giving them the ability to surveil us like never before. I mean, George Orwell, when he wrote 1984, could never imagine a world where people would voluntarily carry around a tracking device with them that had a microphone on it and a camera filming everything they're doing and whatever. I mean, it's kind of funny almost. You go, that's that's crazy. But they do keep that information. And the NSA, um, they have a file on every single person in America. And, and um, Eric Snowden, he let us know about this back when he uh, defected and said that they're doing things they're not supposed to be doing unconstitutional, and they've never stopped them. But they have a file, every search you've ever made, every email you've ever sent, every voicemail you've ever left, every text you've ever, they have all that in a file so they know everything about you. They know every friend that you have. They know everything you support. They have your credit card files, everything you've ever purchased, and they're keeping that, and they're keeping it on every person so they know who you are. And the problem with that is, as we've seen just in recent months, 
when when the, when those in power start to turn their power against people that disagree with them, that's a scary place. Just like you were talking about earlier, Mary, you know, the mothers at the at the the school board meeting say we don't like you teaching this junk to our children. And then the FBI says those are domestic terrorists and we're going to start monitoring them and surveilling them. Well, when you see it's been that big abuse of power, you realize, I don't want to give them any more information than I have to. Right. And but, but the point, too, is then, as that uh, gentleman from um, Instagram and Facebook was talking about, he said, it's also then being used because they study psychology in depth to see how they can use the different videos they pop up for you and the different things they direct mm. you to to change your thoughts beliefs wow. and actions wow. and, and that's he, he said that I go wow isn't that powerful he was not a Christian or anything but he says that's the name of the game we all went through psychology classes on manipulation before whenever he was at Stanford University because we went through those classes and they taught us all the techniques of how you manipulate people to do something you want them to do even when they don't want to do it and and so they that's what those things are built on he said that's why the little notification buttons and stuff, they, they, they get you addicted to that cell phone. He said, where you flip it over almost like a slot machine to see if you got something or not. Mm. And you just, you, you, people get so anxious, they just keep picking up their phone to look. Did I get anything? Did I get anything? He goes, it's the same addiction of a slot machine, but into that phone. Um, of course, it keeps you sidetracked so you don't have time to study the issues. Mm. That's a deadly part mm. of it. And so you don't know what's going on. You just have a little buzzword, you know, a sentence about the news or a sentence about this. Um, but um, I just, I think, and then, of course, as we already talked about earlier, it's a gateway to so many bad things like the pornography and stuff that now is just right there in your hand all the time. And even for little children, um, they don't know who's a child and who's not. And they can go to see things that you just shouldn't be seeing that defile you and that corrupt your mind. But um, but we see from China, they are the model for the world, as the Rockefeller said in the 1973 New York Times editorial, David Rockefeller said, that's the goal for the world, China. Um, and it has been the goal. And so their surveillance society they've created now with the social credit scores and everything, that's what's coming to America. Um, and it will be here in probably five years or less because that's where they're taking the whole world because they want to be able to punish you invisibly where they can just delete your account or they can just make it where you can't get a loan or they can make it whatever as they see, okay, this person is against us, so we don't need to go arrest them. We can simply, you know, as they get into this digital currencies and things, we can simply make their money not good at the places they want to go or we can, you know, devalue it or whatever. But that's what they're trying to do. We know that. So the the less we can be dependent on technology for our lives, the better. Mm-hmm. And again, spend that time with real people doing real things um, and taking hikes and, and doing the things God has put here for us to enjoy instead of just staring at a screen. Um, I think it's really funny today. The average young person is spending 12 hours on technology a day. Wow. 12 hours um, between their phone, computer, video games, and social media. And um, 
that's really sad. Mm-hmm. When you're young, healthy, there's so many things to enjoy and exercise and just fun things to do. And no, they're staring at a screen 12 hours a day, and it's really sad. That, is, that actually is enslavement. And it, I'm fascinated by what you opened the segment with, because no no human, no average person ever said to a corporation, uh, yeah, let's all have a digital ID. Let's let's go cashless. Let's uh, let's be tracked and and surveilled and and everything. Because I think we need that. No no thinking person ever said that, and so these corporations are saying no. You need this, which of course is absolutely not true. And back in uh, when the punch card technology be, uh, became a thing back in the early very early uh, 1900s. Uh, IBM, there's a book out there called IBM and the Holocaust, and when IBM perfected this this uh, punch card technology, which was around well into the 70s, they used it to tr- to round up the Jews. And so things yep. in the hand of sinful men, you know, is always going to be a disaster. That's how it works. It always goes dark because our default setting is sin. Um, but you, you talk about um, uh, digital currencies. There's, there's a... Um, a trial balloon being floated, uh, CBDCs, in Nigeria, Africa's largest country, by population and size of economy. Um, they're using it as a trial balloon to test their uh, plans to eliminate cash in North America, Europe, and beyond. Um, and, you know, we need to pay attention to that because CBDCs enable all sorts of totalitarian things. They will enable um, social engineering allow governments to punish and reward people in ways that they previously couldn't because they didn't know who you were or what you were doing, uh, CBDCs then also are, like I said, an instrument of enslavement. It's really a quantum leap. They think it's forward. We're going backwards, aren't we? Oh, yes. And it's, I mean, it's a way they can implement so many things you wouldn't even think about mm-hmm. because like the 15-minute cities that some people maybe have heard of over mm-hmm. Europe where they're starting to restrict people's movements within 15 minutes. See, with the digital currency, they don't even have to monitor anything then. All they do is have your currency only work within 15 minutes of your home. But if you go outside of that, you can't get gas, you can't buy anything, you can't, you know, your ID doesn't work, so you don't even have an ID. It's all digitized. So they can enforce those type of things very easily without soldiers there, without police, whatever. It just, so that's why as we're moving to that, which we are, just a couple of weeks ago, the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, and I mean, uh, yeah, it, I believe it's in Switzerland. Like, yeah. They, uh-huh. um, uh, they came out with a thing where they want, they said, we want to get a unified ledger for the world. Mm. And what that is, is a ledger, it's an accounting term, but it's where you keep track of all the assets. They, but they said, we want a unified ledger for the world where every single asset in every country of the world that every person owns is on one ledger system. Mm-hmm. We know everything that's in the world, and and then we're going to tokenize it. What that means? They're going to digitize it where you wouldn't have a paper title anymore. If you went and bought a motorcycle or something, you wouldn't have a paper title. They would digitize it where it's a token that's in your account, that motorcycle, the title to it's in your account. But they could all they have to do is put that in somebody else's account. It's not yours anymore. There'd be no court thing to go, you know, if a bank was trying to get back a home that they didn't make the payments on or something. It would just be a push of a button. No, that home's not yours anymore. Mm. It's in their account. So then when everything's digitized, even physical things, uh, your lawnmower is digitized, then they have control over everything, even your physical things that you feel like, well, this is safe. I have this right here. 
but then it's like, no, that's that's not yours. That's somebody else's. You're under arrest for <laughs> for having <laughs> someone else's lawnmower or whatever. Yeah. It's really weird, but they, that's something they've talked about just in the last couple of weeks, and they're figuring out, okay, how can we do that where everything is a token? Mm-hmm. And so then we're going to be able to, once we get the digital ID, universal ID for everybody, and, and maybe the COVID passports tied into that, <laughs> We'll be able to just keep track of everything. And we know every single thing every person owns. And and again, when people that are not well-intentioned have that kind of information on you and control over you, and all they have to do is hit a button and you don't own anything, like the old World Economic Forum, I'm sure you've talked about, you, mm-hmm. you'll own nothing and be happy, be happy. Yeah. by 2030. It makes that a real reality right? where they can say, no, you have too big a carbon footprint. Sorry, you, you've lost your car. That's yeah. not yours anymore. We're going to come pick it up. It's mm-hmm. somebody else's or, or whatever it might be. And I know that sounds crazy if you haven't studied these things. But if you have studied these things like I have and Mary, and people, it, there's vast information on the Internet by these people, right. not someone talking about what they believe. It's them talking about what they believe and what they would like to implement in the Great Reset and everything. Wow. Well, and that, that ledger is is uh, there already. It's called the blockchain, and it's tied with uh, cryptocurrencies, um, you know, which started out to just be something that, you know, was beyond the bank's control. But, of course, they're going to corral that. Um, we'll have the CBDCs that's related to that. Um, and then the digital ID will be on the blockchain. So the, the blockchain is a ledger that it, it runs in real time. Every single transaction in the, in the world is accounted for in real time. You can't hack it. You can't shut it down. There's nothing you can do about it. You are here, right? I mean, this is just an amazing time to be alive. Um, and then with AI, it, there's so many scary things out there because there's an imposter scam out there that is cloning children's voices and calling relatives with fake emergencies. Uh, they, they can get three seconds of someone's recorded voice, and we're all recorded, uh, and AI can replicate anyone's voice and place calls to victims and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling or help, help mom, this or that, please send money. I mean, Curtis, is there any end to the mischief of AI? No, there's not, no. and it's as they get that, and then they can make the deep fakes of even video yes. that looks like somebody that's not them, but doing something or saying something or no, it's just man, it is so corrupt. Like the Bible tells us, we're wicked to the core, and we're desperately wicked if we haven't been rejuvenated and regenerated in Christ. And so, yeah, it's like there's no bottom to the pit, but that makes sense because there's no bottom to satan i mean he there's no like oh this is off limits he loves everything that is destructive that ends in death that's pain suffering misery and uh unfortunately as our nation has turned away from god and his principles then it's made people much more easy (laughs) pray for him to seduce them into believing all these things are going to be a blessing to them. Oh, mm-hmm. I just need to have some fentanyl and I'll be doing great. And I mean, all these things going on, you know, over 100,000 overdoses a year and stuff, you go, well, it, things are just unraveling. I mean, in our country, and, but it's because we just said, God, we don't need you anymore. We're going to do, we've come up with a better way of doing things, mm-hmm. you know, starting in the 60s with the prayer out and the, and, the, and the Bible reading out and the Ten Commandments out in the 80s and stuff of our schools. Well, there's a consequence for doing that. And that's what all this is. It's, it's man wanting to be God. Mm-hmm. It's man saying, no, I will be like the Most High because Satan has seduced him to believe that because that's what Satan wanted to do. And so it's it's just yeah it's it's 
it's kind of shocking, but it's so sad, I guess, is the main thing, because we we were, came, we've come so far in the wrong direction from where we started. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's like how I got. I have to ask you this: How have the enemies of our country been so successful? How did this? How were we sound asleep, or how have they been so successful in destroying this nation? Well, they. I mean, and that's what my movies kind of get into. But they they knew that if they wanted to take over America, this is back in the twenties and thirty nineteen twenties and thirties. Um, they knew we have to break down the family. We have to kind of eliminate the influence of the church. We have to get into positions of influence in all the different institutions of the country. So they started working. Um, they poured into Washington, D.C. in the 1930s with the New Deal, when FDR expanded the government, almost doubled its size overnight, and they were waiting in the wings, the Marxists and the fellow travelers that hated what America stood for. And then they got in the educational system, and we see the fruit of that today, clearly that they took that over. But they knew like every two-bit dictator knows, Hitler knew and Stalin and Mao, if you raise the children, you have the future. You have everything. Mm. And so they knew maybe you parents aren't into all this trans stuff, but your kids are going to be because we're going to brainwash them with it. Um, and then they've just slowly taken over. Uh, they've, they've undermined the family and, and immorality, like, oh, that's not a big deal. If it feels good, do it. And they've slowly rotted us. That's what the, one of the founders of the Frankfurt School, which was one of those groups that their set, their heart was to take down America from within. They said back in 1930s, they said, we're going to make the West so corrupt it stinks. Mm. And we're just going to rot it from the inside out with immorality because when the, a country becomes immoral, then the families start falling apart because of all the immorality. And so then the children are left to themselves, and that's what they wanted. They wanted government to raise the children, government to be in charge of that. So it's, But our open borders today, we see it. We see what's happened in the evangelical church. Eighty-five percent of our seminaries don't even believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God anymore. I mean, it's just thing after thing. For a hundred years, they faithfully infiltrated and subverted from within the institutions of influence, the media today, the garbage it's putting out in the entertainment world. Mm. And, and so that's how they did it. And, and now it's like accelerating almost under Biden with the, I mean, the open borders where over 6 million people have come in in the last two and a half years. And, and they're just letting it, keeping it open. It'll probably be over 10 million by the time, oh. Um, the next election comes around and the next president comes in. But that's 10 million people that don't know our language, so they can't provide for themselves, even if they wanted to. But we see from other countries' intelligence and what's going on, they're sending us the prisoners. They're sending us so many people that they don't want to support in their country. They're just opening up the asylums. They're opening up and get those people and ship them to America. We do not want to take care of them. And our government and the United Nations is paying for their flights here and everything else. And our military is just has been purged of so many of the people that are patriotic. And now is there's a radical new guy that they're trying to get in there right now as the head of that. And, um, he is just rotten to the core. I think his mm. last name is Brown. Okay. Um, and so, but anyway, so it's it's that's how they've done it by slowly penetrating and in, in destroying all the influences, sidetracking men with athletics. And they talked about that in the 1930s. They said we think if we sidetrack men with athletics, we'll be able to steal their children and they won't know about it. 
And they also said the 1930s, which is interesting, the Frankfurt School, they said, the only way we think we can get women away from their children is if we create enough inflation where she has to work whether she Mm -hmm. wants to or not. It's the 1930s. They knew that's the plan to get the women away from those children and get the men away from those children so we can raise them, and then we will have this Marxist utopia we've always dreamed of. Well, and in everything we've talked about so far, pornography industry, trafficking, gender confusion, that's all part of this. And it's it's just been... um, like you said, it's just accelerating. Now, I've heard you say, and we have about, we have four minutes left. I've heard you say this is the last revolution, and it seems like we are boxed in. We have nowhere to run anymore. What do you mean by that? And then I'm guessing social unrest is inevitable, right, because of inflation and loss of our freedoms. So, you know, is that, what? what is the last revolution, and what can, what, is there anything we can do at this point? Well, yes, there is. So real quick on the last revolution. This is the last revolution, yes, because there's no other place to go. Mm-hmm. We don't have, oh, there's a good free country to go to, or like the pilgrims, oh, we're going to go to this new world or whatever. There, there's none of that left. So if they take America, they've got the world. And that's why it's so important that we're not just standing for ourselves when we stand up for what is right and for freedom and righteousness. It's for everybody, because as long as America exists, there's a place that people can go to. But um, but it's significant. It's a war we've been in. That's all these things are a war. The fentanyl coming in across the border and the mm-hmm. Biden administration allowing it to happen and China pumping it in there and Mexico letting him do that. That's an assault on our country. That's not ignorance or, oh, we didn't realize that was happening. These are all things. America has been at war now for many decades, a serious war, far worse than a hot war that's obvious. This is a war that's been kind of behind the scenes, but it's done more damage than any hot war's ever done because it's destroyed our heart and our soul, especially of our children. And so some quick solutions. These are some things I talked about last week on Agenda Weekly, but to encourage you, especially if you're young people, here's what you need to do. You need to get married. You need to have lots of children. You need Mm -hmm. to homeschool them. You need to build homes, plant vineyards, start businesses, and be holy. Curtis, I think think we've lost him um, in our closing comments here. um, Crash is going to check it out. Um, Curtis was telling us about some of the things that we can do um, to just be that uh, moral society as far as, as it is up to us um, and our sphere of influence and the things that we can do to keep our children safe uh, because, like he said, it's accelerating and there's so much that is going on that we simply is raging out of control uh, financially, um, culturally, socially. Um, uh, are we getting back, Crash, you think? Probably not. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to guess that his battery died. Okay. All right. <laughs> It happens. <laughs> I am trying back though. Okay. Well, just to uh, say goodbye. Yes, we're we're winding down here uh, again. Agendaweekly uh, dot com. Thank you, Curtis. We appreciate all the work that you do and all the studying that you do. It's just it's just been a wonderful education for all of us in all these things. Uh, Agendaweekly dot com. I strongly suggest people subscribe to that. AgendaDocumentary.com, Agenda 1 and 2. Just an incredible uh, resource. Again, Curtis will be at Calvary Chapel September 8th through 10th for the Fall Prophecy Conference. 
Santa for the Truth is powered by some wonderful podcast guests. Over the decades, we've compiled a list of our most popular guests on our website, standupforthetruth.com. On the top menu bar, click Guests and scroll through. You can click on the name, find the recent podcast, guests at standupforthetruth.com. Uh, J.B. Hickson, uh, Thursday, John Leffler on Friday. Comments at standforthetruth.com. Love to hear from you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 